We've, uh, last week, um, for those of you who were here last week, we had a great time talking about some of the fantastic things that um, your partnership in the gospel is enabling to happen at Christ Church. And it was uh, such an exciting week that we thought we'd continue it this week. And um, Angie has come to tell us about a really fantastic ministry that um, takes part in Christ Church every week, which through your partnership in the gospel, we have been able to set up. Angie, thank you. Um, it's really awkward not being able to see. Um, once upon a time, two women couldn't carry on their careers in education for different medical reasons, but God had a plan. So about uh, December last year, a very nice lady called Kate Lomax introduced these two women to a very lovely lady at the surgery at Baston Hill called Emily, and it all came together. So Coffee in the Living Room started in January. And um, right from the very beginning, um, we just wanted God's presence to be with us and, and leading us and guiding us. Um, so we're blessed uh, to see how God has led us and developed Coffee in the Living Room. Since starting in January... We've seen people in the community and the church regarded as a safe place to come and meet. Friendships are being made. Lots of laughter and a revival of dominoes um, among the men has taken place. So we have a table and the chaps who come play dominoes and quite often quite raucous laughter, I have to say, um, which is really lovely because one of the guys who comes isn't very well. And his wife is his carer. And it's lovely to see him having a good time. But it's also lovely to look out and see his wife just able to relax, drink coffee and chat to the people she's got to know and feel that her husband's safe and that he's doing okay. And, it, and we know it took her a lot of courage to um, actually cross the threshold and come into church. Uh, we know for some people that... Um, they're not Church of England, so ooh, perhaps it's not appropriate for them. And of course, it's nothing to do with being Church of England. It's just a place where we hope that people will sense God's presence, even if they don't quite know what that is. There's nothing overtly spiritual. There's nothing religious about it. Um, but we just want God's presence to be here. So we've also seen people volunteering to transport others from their homes to here. Um, people volunteering to help clear up at the end. Because by the end of the morning, um, Margaret and I have sort of been on our feet since about quarter past eight. So it's lovely that people just volunteer and help. And it's not just people from church who do that. It's people also who've come from the village. So that's really great. We've seen links made with um, Outlook and Senior Citizens Lunch. And on our three fundraising days, we've managed to um, raise £600 for three different charities. We've also had the privilege of praying for healing for some of the people, and with some of the people from the village. And um, our prayer team um, pray for prayer requests that are left on the prayer tree. 
So although it's not overtly spiritual, there is a prayer tree, and if anybody wants to write anything down that they want to be prayed for and hang it on the tree, the prayer team, among other things, pray for those prayer requests. So what's next? More fundraising and Christmas activities. More asking God about what's next and for more of his presence. To help that to happen, we need more bakers, more helpers, and more tables. Because sometimes we're really quite full outside and we need some more coffee tables. On Tuesday, Margaret and I wake up thinking, oh good, it's Tuesday. And we pray that the people who come feel the same way. And from what we can tell, they do. So, We know that there's more going on than just coffee and cake. And that God is doing more than we can see. There are things happening in the unseen. So thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. And if you would like to bake, if you'd like to help, please just let me know. Margaret would be here, but um, she's in the lakes at the moment. So it's just me. But normally we're a team and we're doing it together along with the prayer team. So thank you. Before Tim speaks to us, we'll have our reading. The reading this morning is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, which in the Pew Bibles is page 1163. And the passage is titled, The Collection for the Lord's People. And now... Brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they, ex- and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this kind of giving, this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, 
but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Our desire is not that others be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. As it is written, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. This is the word of the Lord. Hope you're all okay. And um, but it's gift day, of course. And this is uh, the time then you can groan and say, oh no, he's talking about money again. But money was one of the things that Jesus spoke of the most. And so I'm going to follow him on this, as I try to do on many other things as well. You'll be glad to hear. But let's begin uh, by lightening the moment with a joke. Two men, you have to be on the ball for this joke, okay? Two men were shipwrecked on a desert island. The minute they got onto the island, one of them started screaming and yelling, We're going to die! We're going to die! There's no food, there's no water, we're going to die! The second man was propped up against a palm tree and acting so calmly, it drove the first man crazy. Don't you understand? We're going to die? The second man replied, You don't understand. I earn £100,000 a week. The first man looked at him, dumbfounded, and asked, What difference is that going to make? We're on an island in the middle of nowhere with no food and no water. We're going to die. The second man answered, you don't get it. I make £100,000 a week and I give 10% of that to my church. My vicar will find me. (laughs) Took a second or two, didn't it? We got there. Fred's just got it. That's good. (laughs) Only kidding, Fred. Well, this year, to help guide and inspire our response to all that God has done for us, we're exploring the question, what's so good about giving? And we're doing so with the assistance of an extract from one of Paul's letters to the church in Corinth. Um, We just heard that. Ellie read it for us a minute or two ago. Now, one of the projects that was closest to Paul's heart was the collection for the church in Jerusalem. The Jerusalem church was the mother church, but it was poor. And so Paul encouraged all other churches with whom he had any influence to remember them and to help them, to help the church that had given birth to them, in effect, the church that was their mother in the faith. So imagine Paul, as he wrote to them, asking this rhetorical question, what's so good about giving? Well, I'll tell you. And then Paul explains in the passage that we heard. And he explains the importance of giving and of giving generously. So, in fact, Paul gives five encouragements for giving generously, and we're going to look at those together now. So you might want to have the Bible open in front of you. Was it page 1163? Was it? Yeah, 1163. 
Thank you, Sally. So 1163, and then I'll highlight some of the verses as well and unpick some of the encouragements there. So firstly then, Paul draws on the example of others. Interesting place to start on the example of others. He tells them how how generous the Macedonian church, the church in Macedonia, had been. Now that church was poor and they were in trouble. But they gave all they could, far more than anyone would have expected them to give. So they exceeded expectations. It's not always those who are most wealthy who are most generous, is it? Often those who have the least to give are the most eager to give. Last year, I met a vicar from a very run-down ex-coal mining town in another part of the diocese, a town that's very different to Baston Hill and uh, most parts, or almost all parts, of Shrewsbury for that matter. And we got talking, and she shared just how poor and run-down the area was. It was crying out for God's goodness and his transforming love. And we chatted about her church, and she said that there was approximately 35 members in that church who shared an average age of 78, so they were young. Their parish share, she told me, is £35,000 a year. And that's the money, that the parish share is the, the money that a church gives to the Diocese of Litchfield, in our case, um, towards uh, costs like, towards the cost of a vicar or um, uh, other costs uh, that are incurred by the diocese or training and other things that are provided, like the bishop. So I said, goodness, £35,000. How on earth do you manage to give that? And she said this, by God's grace, we do so every year through the generosity of these 35 people. Now, I probably don't need to do the maths for you, but that's an average of £1,000 per person. And there's no big givers in that congregation. That's shared out mainly just evenly. £1,000 per person. Now, to cover our parish share between us all, roughly, requires £500 per person. And to cover our all, all our giving target, £800 per person. Now, I don't say this to point the finger or to criticise. Not at all. Please hear me when I say that. But to follow Paul's example and to encourage us to be generous through the example of other people. It can be very challenging that at times. And we can look at the example of other people and feel that encouragement. So, secondly then, Paul goes on to highlight the example of Jesus. And here Paul makes it clear that the sacrifice of Jesus didn't begin on the cross. It didn't even begin with his birth. It actually began in heaven when he laid his glory aside and chose to live on earth. Though he was rich, Paul says, yet for our sakes he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. That's verse 9 you can see. And so here Paul shows that just as Jesus was willing to part with all that he had, so should we be willing. The generous behavior of Jesus is our example to follow. There's a guy called Mike Thompson, uh, an amazing man, and he's the vice principal of Ridley Hall Theological College, where Ian Pallant, a former curate, you'll know him, many of you, and myself, trained And I remember on one occasion, Mike was preaching at a college communion where all the college community came together to share communion. 
And he spoke about the example of Jesus and then his own need to set an example as a leader in that community for others through his giving. He told us all of the way in which he gives 15% of his income, which is uh, a clergy stipend, each month. And on top of that, he gives uh, extra gifts as and when needed. He told us that his giving to church was his first priority each and every month. It was clear that Mike was leading by example. And that was a big encouragement to us at college. Many members of Christ Church, this church community, have followed the example of Jesus by giving so generously over many years. Just seeing this building become a reality is one such example. Following Jesus' example of giving generously is something we should all aspire to do so that in turn we can then become an example to other people. But this example of Jesus means more than just giving money. It inspires our whole response to God. Like Jesus, are you prepared to give your all to God's vision in this time, in this place? Have you allowed God to touch your life enough to show you the part that he wants you to play? Perhaps today is the day when you can be open to that encounter with God. Moving on then. Thirdly, Paul reminds the church of their own past record. The church in Corinth have been excelling in everything up until this point. Been doing really well. And Paul encourages them not to fall off the pace in relation to giving. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Paul's encouragement applies to us, of course, too. Over the years, this church has done so many good things. It's helped so many people have their lives changed through Jesus Christ. It's sent and supported many people in mission and ministry. So let's not lag behind in our giving. Let's excel in that too. Let's continue to make sure that giving is one of our strengths and not one of our weaknesses. Fourthly then, Paul challenges the church to match their willingness with action. He tells them to finish the job, make the task complete. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it. That's verse 11. Here's another encouragement for us. To act on our willingness to give. To be the generous people that God is calling us to be. To make sure that our giving matches our love for God and our commitment to this church and our commitment to the vision that God has given us. Before leaving primary school, which was many years ago, um, my whole uh, class that I was part of uh, was given a treat. And we were taken to Alton Towers. Yes, it was open back then. And for weeks, one of my friends taught of nothing else except going to Alton Towers. And he couldn't wait to go on the new roller coaster, the corkscrew. It's not there anymore. But it was, it was brand new then. And it was famous because it had been on children's TV. Don't know if you remember that. I'm not in a, in a t- TV program and I'm not men- mentioning. And that was, uh, where there was 
Cub Scouts were on the corkscrew, weren't they? And they had drinks and, and food, didn't they? And they were going on the camera. And it was, really, it was really funny. Anyway, we couldn't wait to go on this corkscrew. But when it came to it, my friend bottled it. He couldn't do it. He didn't have the courage. His actions didn't match his eager willingness. He even bought a certificate. I've been on the corkscrew at Alton Towers to prove that he had, even though he hadn't. And he begged me not to tell anybody, which I didn't do. I haven't done until just. <laughs> so his, his actions didn't match his eager willingness. He didn't finish the job. Paul is encouraging us not to be like that so that our eager willingness is matched by our actions. We say we're going to give, we want to give, and then we give generously. And so if that was Paul's fourth encouragement, then his fifth and final one is this. Meet the need through your provision. Paul provides a timely reminder that life has a strange way of evening things up. William Barclay highlights how Paul makes it clear that more often than not, life is measured to us with the same measure that we measure to others. Generosity is repaid with generosity, stinginess with stinginess. So the implication is clear. Those who sow generously will reap generously. But more than this, the challenge is for Christians to play a part in the evening up process so that where there is a need, there's provision. Where resources are required, we'll look to give them. And so for us at this time, there is a need to enable us to fulfill the vision that God is giving us. We're praying and trusting that our giving target of £159,000 will be covered. In fact, I'm praying that it will be more than covered. We've heard some wonderful examples over the last two weeks of the difference that partnering in the gospel is making. And we need the resources to continue those to ensure that this vision becomes a reality, to ensure that this church moves from decline and continues to move from decline to growth. There's also the need for us to support the missionaries and mission projects beyond Basin Hill in the UK and in different parts of the world. This is all part of God's mission and we need the finances to do this. And so today, as we make our prayerful giving response, Let's be reminded to draw on the example of others and their generosity. To follow the example of Jesus who gave his all. To make sure that giving is one of our strengths and not a weakness. And to match our willingness with action. And finally to provide where there is a need. To enable us to respond, the PCC and myself have asked us all to do the following things. And we've written to everybody um, that's in the directory. If we missed you off, we're really sorry. There are letters on the table at the back. And we've been asked to do um, six things. To give thanks for all the ways in which God has provided for us and to give generously. To commit or recommit to give money regularly to church. To assess the amount of giving, mindful of this giving target that we have, but also mindful of the fact that for some of us, money is more than a little tight. To consider how we give to Christchurch, 
Standing order is really helpful to us, as is the envelope scheme, because it helps us to budget and know what money is coming in. Using the gift aid scheme also helps us to reclaim tax back on the gift if you're a taxpayer. We've been, uh, all of us have been asked to consider making a one-off gift, whether that's one pound or more, just so that we all make an offering to God towards the growth of his church. And this year, I'm praying that this collective total will be in the region of £20,000. And I've been praying that. I can't remember when I started praying it, but I've prayed it for so long. That's been my prayer each and every day. And finally, to consider revising or making a will to leave a legacy to Christ Church. Now, if you've already made your response to Olwyn, our treasurer, or you've put it in the giving basket, then thank you. Thank you so much. If not, then there's plenty of opportunity to do so today or in the coming days. We're going to have a little bit of sung worship in a moment or two. And during that, you can have the opportunity to go and place your pledge form in the giving basket. I did so uh, in the nine o'clock service. If you don't have a pledge form, then there are spare forms on the table at the rear of the worship area. Let's make our offering. Let's respond to God's generosity. I want to finish by thanking you. Thanking you for your giving, for your generosity, for your faithfulness. It really makes a huge difference. And to say thank you, at the end of our worship together today, we've got chocolates to share uh, so that we can know that you are thanked and we can enjoy those together. One final thing. Acquiring an attitude of giving like the one we've explored this morning, requires a change of heart. It requires a change of heart for for me, and it requires a change of heart for you. The only one who can do that is God. And so I encourage us all in the worship that follows, and as we gather around the Lord's table, to be open to God's life-changing, life-transforming spirit. Amen.